This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Broadcasting location. This is a test. For the next 60 seconds, this station will conduct a test of the emergency broadcast system. America, here comes the relief from the pain. Unapologetically, this is Lock and Load with Bill Brady. is lock and load talking now we're going to uh, we're going to segue and we're going to go to well it's not really a segue because i talk to him a lot and i want to i like talking to him a lot he is paul markle he is the student of the gun the professor good afternoon sir good afternoon how are you doing today i'm you know i'm doing i'm doing i'm doing i don't know how well what is on your mind what is on my mind? Yeah, what do you want me to talk about today? Well, I, you know, when I watched the Aunt Susie bag video, and I looked at how, mm-hmm. with with what you were, the way you were describing it and everything else, um, and I understand uh, what the, now, correct me if I'm wrong, in the modern day lexicon, when you're engaging a target... Uh, you can't possibly, if if you're going out there and you're out on your own, there's just really no way to carry enough ammunition, is there? So you're going to have to plan and employ tactics to where you don't have to weigh yourself down with a bunch of ammo. You don't carry a lot with, in your just-in-case setups, do you? No, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to carry 15 pounds of ammunition on me because, you know, uh, I'm not planning on getting it to it. But it's always prudent to have, you know, one of the things that uh, that our friend James always stressed is the primary reason to have a, a second magazine is to repair the gun from a magazine malfunction, not necessarily for extra ammo. Because, you know, when you're talking about self-loading guns, sometimes the problem with the gun is the magazine. Right. And I know people out there are like, no, all my magazines are perfect and they never malfunction ever in the, in the history of ever. And I'm like, okay. But the, the fact of the matter is, is sometimes the f- quickest way to fix the gun is you just put a different magazine in it. Right. So with having said that, so like for a rifle, for example, 
if you carry a rifle, how many? It, it depends. And let's say you're just. Uh, I, I'm going to go in my car and I'm going to go on a road trip and I'm going to. I'm going to pack this kit. This is my just in case kit in case the zombies attack or society collapses while I'm out here at the at the water park or you know whatever unlikely scenario that you're trying to uh, head off. Right. Mm-hmm. Where where do you draw the line in your planning on that? Uh, one or two magazines, in addition to the one that's in the gun. And 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 okay, so are you looking at that and saying, okay, I can afford to give each each person that might come at me, I can afford to give them three rounds each. Is that about the way it works out? Yeah, uh, you know, if you're talking about a rifle, man, you know, if you, you know, there's a big difference in rifles and pistols. You're talking about a rifle, like I said, I, I, I generally lean towards the the Delta Force or the you know the Special Forces way of thinking is is you you budget three shots per target, and of course you might not necessarily have to, you know, you you know some targets might only need one, some might two, some might need three, you know. But that's a, that's a good budget, and if you if you think about that from a logical standpoint, you know a standard capacity magazine, you're you're talking ten targets before you would have to reload, right? And if if it's if it's you against ten people or more, like I said, some you you're going to be a legend. You're going to be either famous or you're going to be infamous. One of the two things, right, is going to happen. <laughs> So okay, okay, that that solves that issue. Now, as far as the uh, as far as the, the the other stuff you advocate, the flashlight is self-explanatory. Yep. The blade, um, a, a knife. I mean, I when when I was in 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 Europe, I went to the trouble of going to the. You remember those pilot survival knives they used to sell that had the little sharpening stone on the sheath? Oh heck yeah, I had one. That was my first fixed blade knife. Yeah. Uh, and, and I proceeded to break it by by using it as a throwing knife. I never used it in any knife fighting scenarios, but on more than one occasion, it did it did serve as a impromptu tent stake. <laughs> and it, it, oh, it man. worked well. It worked well. You well. know what, it, what that was called? That was called the U.S. Air Force Survival Knife. Yep. It came in a tan sheath with a with a sharpening stone. It was a perfect uh, length. in the sheath. Perfect length. Yeah, yeah. I've still got my old clothing store, my the, the old uh, Army clothing store, uh, K bar ripoff knife that they sold so many years ago. Still got the one. Is, that it, I, is it a is it a Camelus? I don't know who made it. Is whoever that was selling it through the clothing store in Germany at the time? The cash sales, yeah, yeah. Never could get it sharp until my son decided to uh, take an adventure as a knife smith for a bit, and uh, he has sharpened it to a frightening degree. So now it's just, it's 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 basically a short samurai sword at this moment. <laughs> yeah, that was what they they started making those. It's funny that you're t- that you would bring these up because I'm working on a on a, on a new book about. Uh, small arms and weapons and some of the most popular ones throughout the last hundred years or so of history. And in the edged weapons uh, section, I did a, a piece about the K bar and how, you know, it was developed post world war one and going into world war two, they basically had the design ready in 41, 42. 
And then with the the entry into the war, they ramped it up uh, the distribution. And then when you know when you and I were in, there were so many di- so many different companies that were making those knives. And uh, you know the 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 quality tended to to vary. You know I, I'm I know what you're talking about. Like you couldn't get an edge on it. I think some of them were rushed into production so quickly that they didn't spend the time they should have focusing on on creating a, a legit edge right uh, on them same thing goes with bayonets uh, you know I, I've, I've had bayonets that were like butter knives and then I've also had them that were like scalpels like needles you know so it just depends on you know which one how you, fast they were which one you yeah. draw yeah so exactly. So I, I I do get the knife part, but I mean I have many knives, and I I, I got a few nice folders. I got the a couple. I, I've only got one or two fixed blades worth even mentioning. Uh, and then the the medicate, of course, it explains itself. But um, is that like your lowest level of preparedness? That little the the Aunt Susie rescue bag. What comes after that? What's after you rescue Aunt Susie? Do you have to go after? Oh. Do you have to replace, how do you retrieve the rest of the family if you're just going to rescue Aunt Susie with that one? Yeah. Well, hopefully the rest of the family is just at home in the safe spot. Oh. Yeah. But I haven't had to go out and get them. Yeah. So, but, uh, so, no, you have your light bug out bag. The light bug out bag we talked about. Well, I don't know if we talked about it on air or off air. I don't think we do. Um, you know, the, you what, the heavy you one. What, before you get into that, we're, we're coming. We're, all right. We're, now in we're the, just com- about up to that point. Coming up yep. on the break zone and everything else. Uh, Paul Markle has written many books. He doesn't know how many books he's written because I don't know how many books he's written. I, as I was rearranging the studio, I just kept tripping over, every, every, oh, another Paul Markle book. So now <laughs> I have a stack of them over there, the Boo Boo book and uh, the, the – uh, what was the other book? The the compilation of the uh, training book that you put together, the primer for that. And I. Uh, oh, do you have the you have the operations operation guidebook? Yes, I think. Oh, that's good for I, you. I think that's what I have. I mean, it's whatever you sent me. I've, you've sent me so many books over the course of time, uh, and now I've got a veritable stack of them. I probably should just. I bought myself a nice easy chair so I can sit back and read them all now. You hang on for me. <clears throat> Talking to Paul Markle. This is Lock and Load. If you believe there's nothing better than the smell of freshly crafted leather, then you better check out CraftHolsters.com. A combination of high carry comfort, easy concealment, great fit, and varied holster offer, Craft Holsters are your answer to ultimate concealed carry experience. What are you waiting for? Get the same holster brand that I carry. Go to CraftHolsters.com right now and select from premium custom leather holsters for over 2,300 semi-autos and revolvers for both right- and left-handed shooters. That's CraftHolsters.com. Again, CraftHolsters.com.
And welcome back. This is Lock and Low talking to Paul Markle. And we just got into the bug out bag light when I started relating to him. How I was just tripping over his books the other day when I was rearranging things. You don't, in your studio, uh, are your boys in charge of arranging everything in the studio? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. That's got to be nice to have it that way. There's nothing like trying to move a bunch of furniture that you stack ammo on. <laughs> you have to unstack everything and throw it to the side. And then you can move it, then you have to restack it and all that other fun stuff. And, you know, it's it's just, it's just, it's just, you know. But I got it done anyway. But uh, let's let's talk about the bug out bag light because we talk about the bee. We've talked about the bee bob, which is a uh, the big boy bug the out big light. bug out yeah, bag. The big yeah. bug out bag. What about the bug out bag light? Tell me about this one because that one interests me a great deal. Just because I'm looking for one bag that I can carry most of the time. Yeah, well, the 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 big bug out bag. We said that we weren't super concerned about weight. I mean. I, I could put it on my shoulders and carry it where I needed to go, but generally it's it's the kind of bag you're going to grab, throw into the back of a truck or an SUV or whatever, and then pull it out and take it to where you need to be. But the light one is one that you can, you're considering that you might actually have to put it on your back and go for a while, go for a mile, go for two miles, go for 10 miles, whatever. Uh, and so everything that goes into that one needs to be, you need to be a little bit more conscious of, of the weight. Right. Um, because remember, ounces equals pounds and pounds equals pain. Indeed. And uh, so you, that's when you look and you're like, okay, rather than a sleeping bag, which is nice, but a sleeping bag also is, a, a you know, a pound or two or maybe three, depending on, you know, what it is. Uh, I'm just going to do a poncho liner instead. Poncho liners, maybe pound. I don't even think poncho liners a pound, is it? No. Maybe 12 ounces or something. So I'm going to do a poncho liner instead. Uh, is it nice and cozy as a sleeping bag? No, but it will keep me warm. Yes. You know, things of that nature. Um, lightweight nylon ponchos, you know, you remember that you, you were in, in the, during the transition from the rubberized poncho to the nylon poncho. Yes. Weren't you? I was. Yeah. Remember the, the OD green rubber ones and, uh, Every, everyone thought that those were, were stupid until they, you had to stand in the rain for eight hours with one. And then you're like, oh, yeah, that's not such a bad idea. Well, the rubber ponchos, when you put those on, especially if it was humid, right? If you wore one of those in the humidity and it was raining, um, well, if you didn't pass out, you were definitely going to lose weight. You, you were less than combat ready because you were, you were miserable. Yeah. And part of being in the military is learning how to regulate your misery because you have to embrace the misery. But learning how to flourish in the misery is what separates somebody in the military from somebody outside. So that lighter weight poncho, that always, I was, when they issued those, we all laughed at that. We were like, what's this going to do? Ha <laughs> Then we have to actually put, you know, you put it on, you drape it over your uh, rucksack if you're carrying a rucksack. And gosh, that worked pretty good. Oh yeah, the, it, it was it was funny because the obviously the nylon one was, but if you were going to build a shelter with a or a lean to or whatever with the uh, with the rubber one, it was good and sturdy. Sure, but and the other thing that I noticed that I'm sure you probably did too was the nylon ones. After so long, the waterproofing, 
Fails. Wore off. Yeah. Fails. <laughs> Fails. Then it just became a camouflage sheet that yeah. you threw over yourself. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, uh, you know, it it did take a little bit of a downpour, which we got in Europe all the time. Springtime in Europe was a lot like it is in the Philippines. So, um, I uh, I got to the point with that when I was in the service to where I just I went out and bought myself a little lightweight tarp and uh if I had to build a lean to I wouldn't use my I wouldn't use my poncho I would use the tarp mm-hmm. because I wanted the I wanted the I wanted the poncho for other things Oh yeah Okay. People who've never used real genuine ponchos don't quite re- understand the utility. Yeah. Like, probably 75% of the time it wasn't on my body. It was either on the ground or it was, it was covering my, my gear or whatever. You know, uh, most of the time it's not on your body. I mean, I did wear it, but most of the time, like I said, you use it as a sunshade. You use it as, you know, as a ground liner. Um, yeah. you know, just with, if you had to put stuff out or man, do you ever do field maintenance on a, on a machine gun or something like that? You better put a poncho down first. Cause if you lose one of those springs in the grass, yeah, you're, all done. Over with. you're done. You're not going to find that. Yeah, Thankfully the training areas in Germany were just mud, mm. <laughs> but, um, you know, more than once when we would go out, uh, on a light night, as they would tell us, and if we didn't take a sleeping bag, I would just snap the poncho liner inside the poncho, and then I was living. Oh yeah, man! You, you make a what they call the the infamous ranger roll. Yeah, so I yep. was living. I wish I could find, and I know it would be tattered now because that was, gosh, back forty years ago, nearly. Dear God, and um, but I, if I could find one in a new condition, I would take a poncho liner and a poncho from that era right now today. I think the only ones you can find nowadays are uh, after, are third party. Mm. Do they even issue a poncho and a poncho liner anymore? Oh, I'm sure they do. I can't, I couldn't imagine them not doing that. Well, I thought they'd gone uh, to rain gear to the top and the bottoms and you know all that. Well, I mean, we got tops and bottom rain gear. We got the the the, the rubberized ones, the olive drab green. Rubberized tops and bottoms. We were issued those. The we hardly suits. ever wore them. Yeah, they were sweat Yeah, because they were a sweat too. <laughs> um, but back in the days when when Blackhawk products was was doing good things, they were making the the rain jacket top bottoms. You know, and I got a set of them. And when I was working as a contractor, as a military contractor, right? I wore those things a lot, and that was the best rain suit I've ever owned in my life. Just tremendous. Anyway, that stuff. Uh, yeah, that's one thing I would definitely have in my in my light kit. I, but I need to get one. I need to find one that's worth having. Nowadays, they 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 look at those things. Uh, a, a liner you can buy a liner of any so, sort, and it's going to be a that's going to be quite an investment nowadays. They they've figured out how how uh, versatile those things really are, but. Before we launch into any of this stuff, which we never got into, that we 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 now know philosophically the 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 idea of what a bug out light bag is. Before we get into the details of that, to find Mr. Markle, you would go to studentofthegun.com. This is a media hub. It is a store. It is a place to buy books. It's a place to get training. 
It is a one-stop shop. And, you know, if you if you look at his videos that he puts out, he's got so many video shows that he puts out. You probably could get all, a lot of training just watching his media because he puts out a lot of media. And it's some fun media, too. It's easy to watch. It's not boring at all. That's That's the key. He knows how to capture your attention. And then you learn. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. I've seen just about every corner of this country, three million miles in my career. I spend a lot of hours on the road, but I love being my own boss. The road can be a beautiful place, but you're out here on your own. There certainly are risks. I'm Charles. I'm a truck driver, a husband, and a father. And that's why I choose Federal. When it comes to online gun shops, Primary Arms is one of America's largest retailers of new firearms, parts, accessories, and gear. They stock over 600 popular brands, all with everyday low prices and fast shipping. If you ever have any questions about a product, their team of product experts will help you make the right purchase. So, don't settle for less. Visit PrimaryArms.com today and see why so many gun owners make it their first destination for all of their firearms needs. For over 25 years, Aero Precision has paved the way as a leading manufacturer of American-made AR parts. Aero Precision caters to the rifle builder by engineering quality receivers, hand guards, and other essential parts. Aero Precision's added enhancements create a smooth build process from start to finish for beginners and seasoned builders. Whether this is your first rifle or your 50th, Aero Precision offers everything you need to make a quality AR at an affordable price. In the 21st century, the handgun has become the preeminent self-defense tool. At CNH Precision, we specialize in taking your weapon to the highest degree of functionality possible. With a complete array of goods and services specializing in red dot sight installation, CNH Precision will help you realize the most effective handgun the first time. If you need slide milling, installation, or accessories, go to chpws.com. CNH Precision, welcome to the Moon Squad. At Chambers Custom, we have one job. We strive to build the most obsessively, reliable, accurate, and beautiful pistols for the discriminating gun owner. Using the ageless 1911 design with a 21st century approach to each part and component, Chambers Custom meticulously begins each pistol as a standalone project, creating a bespoke, handcrafted, peerless firearm. They integrate all of the internal, external, and intrinsic elements that make a custom 1911 unit. Go to ChambersCustom.com. Chambers Custom, truly the mechanical advantage. At Spikes Tactical, we are all shooters with a very simple mission. Make the best product we can perfect at the best possible price for our consumers. We strive to produce the best components and rifles available with quality control second to none because real-world events don't allow for a second chance. Whether you are an operator, competitor, or home defender, Spikes Tactical will serve you well. Go to SpikesTactical.com. Spikes Tactical, 100% American-made to the highest standard. 
there's no such thing as a fair fight. And we bring the unfair advantage that is the 2011 platform. Dominate. At Staccato, we know the most important gun you own is the one that you're carrying when you're facing that threat to life and freedom. Win. We want you to enter that objective confidence that you are carrying the best gun in the gunfight. No compromise. No sacrifice. Staccato2011.com. Stand ready to face down the darkness with 2011. Holster.com, the home of DeSantis Quality Built American made products for 45 plus years. Supporting police and government contracts from first responders to responsible citizens. Holster.com is your source for quality American made leather and Kydex holsters for the armed American. For concealed carry or open carry, Holster.com has what you need. We didn't invent concealment, we perfected it. Go to Holster.com now and buy a DeSantis holster today. What's in a name? If that name is Ace Firearms, you've just entered a very expensive business. First, a fully appointed gun shop with all the guns, ammo, and accessories you could possibly imagine. But then you enter the manufacturing facility that is home to Red Alligator Concealment, Militia Arms Customs, and so much more. Ace Firearms is beyond a simple gun shop. This is a totally peerless operation. To find out more, go to acefirearms.com. Ace Firearms. This is only the beginning. At MGS, we have what it takes to reinvent yourself. With a curriculum designed to balance work, family, and a gun repair education, MGS provides the gateway into one of the fastest-growing segments of the gun industry. Modern Gun School's mission is to provide high-quality distance education using time-tested materials and hands-on projects designed to develop a proficiency in both the technique and the business of gunsmithing. Go to mgs.edu. MGS Trade School. Your future is waiting. Talking to Paul Markle, I'm trying to figure out what to do when I get in the vehicle. So before we get into the de- the depths of all of this stuff, when you go out and about during the day, just when you're out there in your in your uh, in your army pick 'em up truck, going about doing going to the grocery store, what do you have in the truck just in case? Do you have anything in the truck just in case? Oh yeah, in the truck. I mean, underneath the in the superseding. You're, I'm losing you there. Where'd you go? Oh, I don't know. I'm, okay. I'm still here. Okay, say that again. I I didn't move. Um, maybe it's the satellite. So no, I mean in 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 the truck in the super secret compartment, I have all the emergency gear. You know, I have all the the standard emergency gear. I have a pair. I have a spare pair of gloves. I've got a a rain jacket. I've got emergency. I've got one of those digital road flares that, that's electronic, and and uh, and I've got a uh, a cold steel e tool, you know that special forces e tool that cold steel makes. I think I've seen Lindsay de- demonstrate it. Oh yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Probably the for value for value. Uh, I know that the triangle ones fold up and they're more convenient. Right. But the, the, the fact of the matter is when it, when it comes to stout, hardcore, you know, it might not be as, as compact, but it is way stronger. And you can hack and chop with that thing if you really needed to. Yeah. Because well, uh, I mean, it's sharp. If somebody were to come at me and they had an entrenching tool and that's all they had and they're coming at me, I'm shooting them. 
Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, they're going to be able to do some serious damage with it. And, and a trenching tool does more than dig. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, well, the, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the Spetsnaz e-tool is called the, colloquially called the murder spoon. <laughs> do you know where to get any of those? Oh, yeah. I mean, you can go online all day, just type in cold steel e-tool and, and get them. That's the Spates Knots ones? Yeah, yeah. The, the, it's called the Special Forces slash Spets Knots Entrenching Tool from Cold Steel. And depending on, on where you find them, some of them, I, I think they cheapened, they didn't cheapen them up. What they did to, to make the prices seem more uh, economical yeah. is uh, some of them don't come with a, with a sheath or, or a carrying you know bag or whatever. Uh, mine, the one I've got does. It has bell loops and stuff like that on it. But I think that I think in order to make them more economical, drop the price five bucks or whatever. Some of them you'll find that don't that don't come with a sheath or a cover. On Cold Steel, but, it says the sheath is sold separately. There why, you go. Why you can even throw the Special Forces shovel sheath is an additional eight ninety nine. Mm-hmm. And and the shovel itself is thirty one ninety nine. I'm gonna have to look on Amazon. I if I can find it on Amazon, I'm gonna order it today. <laughs> that's that's no, one tool they, everybody should have. They absolutely. I've used mine to to, to dig out a stuck four by four. Yeah. We I was a stupid situation. We were in Texas, gonna go hog hunting, and uh, we took off to go check the trail cams after dark. We got, uh, it was like one of those Kawasaki mules or whatever. We got it stuck. And I had my pack, and on my pack was a freaking cold steel tool. And I was the only one that had one. That's all we had. And we were five miles away from camp. Uh, and I was, cause we got stuck out. Man, I do not want to walk back. Right. To camp. And we used that E tool. We got that sucker unstuck. And, I called I called my bro at Cold Steel at the time. <laughs> He's not there anymore. But I was like, dude, you're not going to believe what I did this weekend. And he said, that's awesome. <laughs> well, apparently, I mean, uh, what a, does this thing come with an edge on the edge of them already? Is that why it's called? Oh, yeah. Murder spoon? It, comes, <laughs> it comes pre-sharpened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The murder spoon comes pre-sharpened from Cold Steel. Well, They're they, not messing around. They, they have a picture of it sitting there where it's, like, been thrown at one of those uh, axe targets. Oh, yeah. So I guess if you became a specialist at throwing e-tools, if you had, if you carried three or four of them, you'd be good to go. <laughs> yeah, it always looks cool when you can throw something and make it stick. Yeah. If it doesn't stick, you don't look cool. But, boy, when it does, you look cool. You know, Super Dave told me that I should get one with a fixed handle as well. Oh, yeah. No, they're they're great. They're great. I mean, I've got folding ones, too. I've got some folding pack shovels. The cold steel one is super convenient because it weighs like half a pound or something like that really? or three quarters of a pound. Yeah. It's super convenient, but it's nowhere near as stout as the murder spoon is. Well, am I, is the one that's on uh, online, is that the murder spoon at cold steel? Yep. The murder they have, they make two of them. They make a standard yeah. and then they make a, then they make one that has a, an extra long handle, like a, double long or I don't know like one of them's 18 inches and one of them's 24 or something like that 
Is Lindsay still in charge of it? Oh, Lynn? No, no. Um, uh, it, GSM Products bought Cold Steel a couple of years ago. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's he's no longer directly involved with Cold Steel. Now, the, the company doesn't mind if the consumers just still think that he is, but from a realistic, practical standpoint, he's not. So they have one. It looks like it has a, yeah, the longer handle. Why would I want the longer handle? Just to make it easier to shovel with? Yeah. You know, if if you're not worried, like if you're just going to keep it in a truck or in a mule or, you know, if it's going to be in a vehicle, you don't really need it to be super compact anyway. So right. you might get a little more leverage with that longer handle. I'm going to end up, uh, I'm going to end up get putting, have you ever seen one of those uh, sliding trays that come out of your bed of your truck? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I'm going to end up getting one of those because I've got a bunch of stuff already in my truck, and I've got a bunch of stuff that I took out of it because it takes up so much room in the back. I've got a four-door. And yeah. I, I need to do something like that. That would be perfect in there. I might would need to have, uh, I, I could have all kinds of stuff in there. Anyway. Yeah. Jared has the long handled one in his car. Yeah. Well, I guess in a melee that would be that'd be like the thing to have, wouldn't it? Just just Oh man, I tell you what, chop, there there, there are a lot of people that that are no longer living on planet Earth because of the, the righteous application of an e tool. Because of the, the 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 enter the murder spoon. <laughs> <laughs> I think you ought to make a student of the gun e tool and call it the murder spoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Lynn Thompson already did, man. <laughs> well, I don't, but I didn't hear about it from him. I heard about it from you. So as far as I'm concerned. Oh, well, yeah. I don't think Lynn actually ever called it the murder spoon. I think I've, it might have been Sonny Pazikas. I'm not sure who the original Spetsnaz dude was that started calling it a murder spoon. But uh, I know in the community that's what it's called. That that. I've never met Sonny. I've seen him talking. I've watched a few videos, but I've never had the pleasure of meeting him. But, uh, yeah, I could see him maybe saying it. But, I, you know, you have such a such a continental way with the English language that I kind of think it probably hasn't been used as well by anybody besides you. The murder, <laughs> the murder spoon. Coming up on well, the... That's a, that's a description that's going in the book. Okay. Well, coming up on the next break, and see, um, the reason I talk with Paul about this is because Paul has probably shot a video where he's actually gone out and tried this. Everything that Paul talks about, he's either done in the real world or he is trained. And when you have done th things in the real world, like Paul has, because, uh, you know, military contractors do real things, you just don't hear about them. And when you have done real things, when you get out there into the world, then you have figured out what works and what doesn't work. And having gear and owning equipment and all this other stuff, unless you put it on, strap it on, and actually go out there and hit it, you don't know how it's going to work. You'll never know how it's going to work. You've got to get out there and work it and do it. And that's why that's the value of Student of the Gun. Everything that they're going to show you, they have tried and they know. And uh, like the inclusion of the murder spoon, it is worth its weight. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load.
right. Welcome back. This is Lock and Load talking to Paul Markle, and we need to squeeze in the rest of this uh, bug out bag light because we're having too much fun just talking about single issue items here. So we've got a E2, we've got a, a poncho liner. What else is going to be in the bug out light bag? Mm, well, definitely, uh, you know, I, I would put at least one MRE just because they store forever and they're relatively lightweight, right. and, and you can get a lot out of an MRE. Uh, and then you you can put more med gear in a bag because it's obviously doesn't have to go in your pocket. But I, I'd like I know you said you wanted to get into that, but let's segue real quick. What you said at the end of the last segment about the best way to figure out whether something is a good piece of gear or whatever is to do it. And what we've done, you know, is is we try and give people opportunities to do just that thing. And this coming weekend, we're having a Patriot Fire Team training camp uh, here, uh, well, where I am right now in the mountains of Utah. Yeah, and and we're going to have uh, we I think we've got you know eight or nine people right now so far signed up for it. And it when I say it's a camp, it is a camp. And I tell people, bring your bug out bag, bring you know all that stuff that you've been acquiring. You know, that backpack, that poncho, that this, that, that, all the stuff that you were convinced was a good idea. I said, bring it because we're going out in the field and we're going to use it and we're going to live for, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, with that gear. And by the time you're done, you'll have a, at least a, a pretty good idea of what's realistic, what's practical, what worked. And then maybe some stuff that seemed like a great idea. But when you actually got into the field to use it, it wasn't. And and that's where you learn that stuff. I mean, that's why, geez, Louise, that's why you people go to infantry school. You go to infantry school and you go out and you learn to use the stuff. And you learn what works. Yeah. And you learn what doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah, you can't, you can't. I mean, you can't hardly put a price on that type of knowledge and experience. Well, I mean, uh, just to, and, and given, like in my day, we had the uh, the LBE. But mm-hmm. we found out the hard way that with the LBE, that when you went into the prone position, which we spent a lot of time in the prone position, if you went into the prone position and, and you were shooting, you were laying on a bunch of stuff that sort of hurt over the course of time. So then we would unbuckle the LBE and throw it out to each side because then we could both get to the ammo because we weren't laying on it anymore. And we mm-hmm. weren't laying on it anymore, and we could actually move around and adjust our shooting position. Actually, you know, if, if there's such a thing as comfort in the middle of a firefight, well, we could achieve that then. Oh, yeah. But then they went to the chest rig, which is up higher. And if you're up and you're in a prone position, you're not laying on your ammo, and you don't have to take anything apart to do it and then put it back together when you get up and all this other stuff. So trial and error over the course of time, modern equipment for people that are getting it today, it's already gotten to the point now all you have to do is learn how to use it. Oh, absolutely. And and it is. I was, I've done a lot of research about the Rhodesian Bush War. Yeah. And, and during that, there was two schools of thought. There was the, uh, if you, if you've seen old photographs, uh, of the Bush War guys, they had these, uh, chest rigs, you know, going back into the sixties, they had chest rigs for the FALs and they, and they were the magazines, uh, across their chest, kind of like an AK rig, only it was an FAL rig. Right. And then you had other guys who said, they like that because if they went into the prone, 
that it was harder for them to get their ammo. So instead, they wore basically, you know, our, our H harness or Y harness or the LBE type deal with a pistol cartridge belt. And, and you know, the pouches that they used were essentially, you know, M14 style pouches back then. And so depending on who you talk to, you know, some people are like, oh, it's super convenient because it's right there. And then other people are like, yeah, but if you go prone, it doesn't work. And, you know, then there, there's, there's a lot. And all these things, you don't, you don't realize any of that stuff playing dress up in your bedroom. I, uh, you know. You realize that stuff till you get out the field. Nowadays, when I talk to people, some of these guys that have, like, this special operations background, they seem to, for them, being in the prone is not a thing anymore. They try to stay upright because they're trying to move from point to point really quick. Because mm-hmm. I, I think the thought the thought process is if I get into the prone, I'm basically taking up a position, and I just lost some mobility. Because I'm going to have to get back up, probably going to break cover when I do it as I try to come to my feet, E-I-E-I-O. And... uh so, I mean, is that is that what you're – are you thinking the yeah. same way nowadays? Well, no. Do, when when you say I'm not going to, you know, that, that's the <laughs> – the, things are different on a two-way firing range. Yeah. You know, everything looks cool, you know, on Call of Duty. But, uh, you know, when, when, it's, when it's a two-way firing range and there's no real cover except going down to the ground, you're going to go down to the ground. Oh yeah. Sometimes going down to the ground is is the only cover there is, Indeed. and you, you just got to learn to live with it. You know, you just got to learn to live with it. And I mean, I understand all that, you know, mobility, yada yada. But you know, it's you know the, the perfect world syndrome. Yeah, a lot of times like, oh well, in my gunfight, this is. I'll tell you one sure. thing. I, one thing that I learned in my tactical response class that I'd never used before, and I didn't want to use them, but then I tried it, and now they're in, it's in every kit I go with. Is a pair of knee pads. Oh, absolutely. Because yep. my my knees yep. are shot, and having to get down and take a knee and everything, we're talking. I can't do it. It just hurts too bad. But with with a set of knee pads on, I can if I have to. And uh, that's just because I don't have any cartilage left in them. But, I mean, stuff like that. Well, even if you do, you know, James was famous for saying, he said, what's 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 your knee pads? I'm losing you again for some reason. It's that satellite, man. I don't know what the deal is. I am in the, I'm in a fixed position, not moving. But the uh, dumb satellite. Yep. So, but, yeah, knee pads are cheaper than new knees. I would think so. Yeah, I would think so. I, I mean, and I, but now I have, I think I have three sets of them. Just a half, just a, just a, I've, I've got a pair of elbow pads too. I've, I've got one of my elbows. I, I, I have a permanent divot in an elbow where I slammed myself into the uh, prone position. Back in the day. Back in the day, we didn't have any of that stuff. No, we did not. Mm-hmm. And, and we ran full tilt. <laughs> Oh yeah, we went full out without any of that crap. And uh, the the dirt in uh, the dirt on a military post post is always packed to the consistency of a concrete floor. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, when they wanted us to dig a fighting position, I had to get out and get a back backhoe in there with a with one of the engineers to dig it because we just couldn't dig it. There was just no digging to be done. 
So that was the only way to dig that stuff. But, uh, yeah, that kind of stuff. Okay, so um, with your class, I, I'm, we're going to have to talk about this class. With your class, um, will you actually take them out and put them in situations where they have to employ their stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, as soon as they get here, we form them into teams, and uh, we go to the to the bivouac area, and they dig in and, and camp in, and, and uh, we spend the whole weekend uh, living and working as a team and, and all the stuff. And people are like, well, how – and I give them a gear list, and I said, look, this is the minimum you should have. I said, but you're all adults, so you can either choose – choose to not, you know, it's like, oh, I don't want to carry the poncho, so I'm not going to take it to the field. Hey, it's your life, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, do what you want to do. Yeah. Whatever you think your career can handle. Um, and they're like, well, you know, should I bring a, bl- a blank and a blank and a blank? And I'm like, well, you bring whatever you want as long as you put it on your own back and carry it because yep. I'm not carrying it for you. Yep. Anyway. We're going to talk yes, about indeed. that. That that interests me a great deal. That that kind of stuff. I don't even know if I could do that. You know, uh, Dave went on something where he went out with a bunch of it at fifty nine years old. I think he went out with a bunch of rangers and kept up with them somehow. No wonder he's in deep 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 trouble as far as his, his joints concerned. We're running out of time. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Studentofthegun.com. com. This is where you find Paul and his stuff. His he, his sons Zach and Jared, and himself. They put together a, a training curriculum, a store of must-have items, uh, plenty of media for you to sit there and say to yourself, "This is a, you know, I don't have to go looking. I can just stay right here." And of course, coming up next, as as he often points out, Mister Markle does. We're going to be talking with Dean Weingarten, a writer from Ammoland.com. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is Lock and Load. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.